that particular choir anthem. Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth, goodwill to men. Luke 2.14. Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth, goodwill to men. Luke 2.14. It comes from Luke 2.14, as I just said. Luke 2.14 comes from Luke 2.8-14. Luke 2.8-14, which reads, let me read that, Luke 2.8-14. In the same region there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all people. For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly, and suddenly there appeared with an angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. Jesus has been born. Jesus has been born. This passage follows the birth of Jesus according to Luke. Jesus has been born and laid in a feeding trough. Mary and Joseph are the new parents. They are young and most likely scared. They must, they must be very nervous. Now, Jesus has been born. That's Luke 2, 1 through 7. Now, that brings us to verses 8 through 14. Luke 2, 8 through 14. In verses 8 through 14, Luke 2, 8 through 14, we read about the angels visiting the shepherds. The angels visiting the shepherds. 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 You know that shepherds were the lowest class. Shepherds were the lowest class. They were disrespected. They were looked down upon. Shepherds did the dirty work. They missed out on certain religious events. The angel comes to shepherds. The angels come to shepherds. The disrespected, the lowest class, the, the dirty people of the day. The angels come to the common people. Verse 9 says that an angel of the Lord, an angel of the Lord appeared to them. Now the text actually reads, suddenly, suddenly an angel of the Lord came upon them. Suddenly, suddenly an angel of the Lord came upon them. Imagine yourself in the middle of a vast open field. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, an angel is in front of you. By the way, this angel is not one of those girly angels you see in paintings or in the stores. Angels are not like that. Angels are warriors. They're warriors. Verse 9 says they were terrified. They were terrified. The angel says, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of a great joy that will be for all people. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of a great joy that will be for all people. Jesus entering the world was good news and great joy. Good news and great joy. This was good news for all people. For all people. All people. This was and is good news for all people. This is good news. This is good news for the shepherds and the Caesars. All people, the shepherds and the Caesars. This was news for the poor and the rich. The poor and the rich. This was news for the privileged and those who are not privileged. The privileged and those who are not privileged. The angels finished their message and then there was a company. A company, a host, a host of angels. And they were worshiping God. For he is worthy. They are worshiping God. Notice that. Notice their response to what is happening. They worship God. They said, glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest. You know, I bet they said more than what's listed here, what's written here. I think these shepherds were so overwhelmed. The shepherds were overwhelmed that that is all they could understand. These angels worship the birth of Christ. They worship the birth of Christ. Now, the shepherds, they don't waste time. They head to Bethlehem. They head to Bethlehem. As these shepherds came to Bethlehem to worship Jesus, I bet that encouraged Joseph and Mary. What do you think? I bet that encouraged Joseph and Mary. Let me pray, and then we hear from the choir again. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this awesome example of the shepherds, the angels coming to the shepherds, the angels coming to common people, showing that, Jesus, you came for all of us, for everyone. And we return and respond in worship. May we worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. In the glory of the Lord from the Messiah, Isaiah 40, verse 5. In the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it. 
For the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. That comes from Isaiah 40, verse 5. Isaiah 40, verse 5. There's a term at the end of 1 Corinthians. In 1 Corinthians 16, 22. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 22. It's also at the end of the New Testament letter of Revelation. In 1 Corinthians 16, 22, the term is Maranatha. Maranatha. Can we all say it? Maranatha. Maranatha. Maranatha means our Lord come. Our Lord come. Let's say it. Maranatha. Maranatha, our Lord come, our Lord come. I was listening to a cancer survivor, and she said, Darn, or curse the fall. Come, Lord Jesus. Curse the fall, the fall of man, the fall of humanity. Come, Lord Jesus. The previous choir anthem comes from Isaiah 40, verse 5. Isaiah 40, verse 5. Allow me to place that in context. Let's read Isaiah 41 through 5. Isaiah 41 through 5. Comfort, O comfort my people, says your God. Speak kindly to Jerusalem and call out to her, that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity has been removed, that she has received of the Lord's hand, double for all her sins. A voice is calling, clear the way for the Lord in the wilderness. Make smooth in the desert a highway for God. Let every valley be lifted up and every mountain and hill be made low. And let the rough ground become a plain and the rugged train a broad valley. Then the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all flesh will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40 is a chapter of transition. Transition. In the previous chapter, Isaiah had given prophecies against Israel. Prophecies against Israel. Israel had said that Babylon, Isaiah, I'm sorry, Isaiah, Isaiah had said that Babylon was going to take the sons of King Hezekiah as captive. Starting in Isaiah 40, Isaiah chapter 40, God is encouraging the people. Starting in Isaiah chapter 40, God is encouraging the people. In verse 3, God talks about a voice is calling. A voice is calling. Clear the way for the Lord in the wilderness. Make smooth in the desert a highway for our God. Clear the way for the Lord in the wilderness. Make smooth in the desert a highway for our God. In Mark chapter 1, St. Mark's Gospel chapter 1, he applies this passage to John the Baptizer. He applies it to John the Baptizer. John the Baptizer was a voice of one crying in the wilderness, preparing the way for the Messiah, preparing the way for Jesus. John prepared the way for Jesus. In verse 5, Isaiah is likely talking about the millennial reign. The millennial reign. Isaiah was thinking of the millennial kingdom. When the Lord will be revealed in his glory. The millennial kingdom. When the Lord Jesus will be revealed in his glory. That is when his unique splendor. His unique splendor will be evident everywhere. How awesome this will be. When the glory of the Lord. The glory of the Lord will be revealed. How magnificent. How wondrous. This will be a joyous occasion. Actually joy to the world. That hymn joy to the world was written. About a time when Christ was born. But also when Christ returns and reigns over the whole earth. Joy to the world about a time when Christ was born, but also when Christ returns and reigns over the whole earth. Let's apply before we move on. What is, the most, what is most important about this season? What is most important about this season? Do we look forward to the coming of Jesus? Do we look forward to his coming? Jesus came as a baby. He lived, was crucified, and rose again. He ascended, and he will come again. Can we say with Paul in 1 Corinthians 16, 22, Maranatha. Can we say with Paul in 1 Corinthians 16, 22, Maranatha, our Lord come. Maranatha, our Lord come. May we have joy because of Jesus. May we look forward to the glory of the Lord being revealed. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, may we look forward to your soon coming. May we be able to say with the Apostle Paul and John later on, Maranatha, our Lord come. We have joy because of you. Joy to the world. Our Lord has come. In Jesus, we look forward to your second coming. In Jesus' name, amen. O thou that tellest good tidings to Zion, Isaiah 40, verse 9. Isaiah 40, verse 9. O Zion, that bringest good tidings, get thee up into the high mountain. O Jerusalem, that bringest good tidings, lift up thy voice with strength. Lift it up, be not afraid. Say unto the cities of Judah, behold your God. Say unto the cities of Judah, behold your God. 
The verses in the previous choir anthem seems, seem to be looking forward to the return of the Jewish exile. The verse in the previous choir anthem seems to be looking forward to the return of the Jewish exiles in the millennial reign. In the millennial reign. They're looking forward to the return of the Jewish exiles from Babylon and Persia and the millennial reign when Jesus will come again. Do we have reasons to rejoice? Do we have reasons to rejoice? The world appears to be falling apart, but as Christians, we have reasons to rejoice. We can also say, behold your God, behold your God. I want to reference another hymn. It is called, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. Do you know the background of that hymn? Listen as I read. I'm going to be reading from an article about the background to the hymn, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. Elaine will play it underneath. In 1864... That is 1864, one of America's great poets, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. Henry, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow wrote the poem which became the well-known carol, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. This person writes, When I first heard the song, I wondered, why does he suddenly shift from joy at hearing the Christmas bells into such deep despair? The hymn writer, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, shifts from joy at first hearing the bells to despair. Listen, it starts with, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. Their old familiar carols play, and wild and sweet the words repeat, a peace on earth, goodwill to men. Then he says, listen, this is shifting from joy to despair. Listen, and in despair I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. How, why does he shift from joy to despair? The question is clearly answered when we see two verses of the original. They're not included in our hymn. In these, in these verses, Longfellow speaks of the horrors of the American Civil War. The horror of the American Civil War that was tearing the country apart. In fact, his son had been seriously wounded in that conflict not long before he wrote the song. The death of Longfellow's wife two years earlier may have contributed to his mood. Listen to what they say. Listen to these verses. Then from each black accursed moth... I'm sorry. Then from each black accursed mouth, the cannon, sun, the, the cannon thundered in the south. And with the sound, the carols drowned of peace on earth, goodwill to men. It was as if an earthquake rent the hard stones of a continent and made forlorn the households born of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Well, little wonder, he is tempted to despair. And yet he concludes with the resounding affirmation. Get this. The resounding affirmation. God is not dead, nor does he sleep. Through the Savior whose birth the angels celebrated, God will accomplish what he has promised. Get that. Through the Savior whose birth the angels celebrated, God will accomplish what he has promised. Do we believe that? Amen? Do we believe that? God has and he will accomplish what he has promised. And that is why we can say, Maranatha, our Lord come. That is why we can say, our Lord come. Jesus has come and he will come again. That is why we can sing joy to the world. The Lord has come. That is why we can rejoice. That is why we can have joy. Jesus came. He stayed with us through the Holy Spirit. He will come again. He will come again. Maranatha, our Lord, come. We have joy. Do you know Jesus is Lord and Savior? Do you know him? In Luke 9, 23, Jesus said, anyone can come after me. Jesus said, anyone can come after me. But he or she must deny his or herself. Take up his or her cross and follow. Have you denied yourself? Take it up your cross to follow Jesus. Jesus offers a free gift of salvation. The Bible teaches that God created us to be with him. God created us to be in a relationship with him. Genesis 1 through 2, we see that. He wants a relationship with us. But the Bible teaches that our sin, those wrong things we do, our sins, they separate us from God. We see that in Genesis 3. Our sins are abhorrent to God because God is holy. 
We see through the rest of the Old Testament, Genesis 3 through Malachi, that our sins cannot be removed by good works. Sins cannot be removed by good works. So we see in Matthew through Luke in the Gospels, paying the price for our sins, Jesus died and rose again. Then we see in the rest of the New Testament that everyone who trusts in him alone has eternal life. Everyone who trusts in Jesus alone has eternal life. John through Jude. And we see that life that's eternal means being with Jesus forever. Revelation 22.5. Life that's eternal means being with Jesus forever. The Bible uses four verbs. Four verbs to, to... The Bible uses four verbs to describe our commitment to Jesus. They're believe, confess, commit, trust. Believe, confess, commit, trust. We are called to believe in Jesus. Believe that he is our Savior. Believe, John 14, 6. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. We have to believe, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only, or only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but shall have everlasting life. We're to believe in Jesus. We need to confess. Confess we are a sinner in need of a Savior. Confess we need Jesus because we sin. We must commit to him. Commit our lives to him. We must trust him as Lord and Savior. Jesus gives us a totally free, completely free, eternal gift of salvation. But he calls us to commit to him. He calls us to live for him. Jesus doesn't give us eternal life later. He gives us a fuller life now. He gives us the Holy Spirit now. We must believe in him. We must confess that we need him. We must trust him and commit to him. You know, Jesus is Lord and Savior. I'm going to pray a general prayer, and I encourage you to trust him as Lord and Savior. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you came, born of the virgin, born under the law, fulfilling the Old Testament law, living a perfectly sinless life. I thank you that you died on the cross for our sins and rose again. May we be able to say, Maranatha, come again, Lord Jesus. May we look forward to your coming. coming. May we be able to sing joy to the world. May we have joy because of you. May we have joy because of you. May we respond in worship. But we may, may we commit to you and trust in you. Help us, Lord Jesus. Help us, Holy Spirit. Help us committing to you. Help us trusting in you. And Lord, if there's anyone here who has never surrendered their life to you, and maybe they have, but they've backslidden and they've fallen away, may today be the day. May today be the day where they commit their life to you or recommit their life to you as Lord and Savior. May they respond in a prayer. If you'd like to surrender to Jesus today, respond in a simple prayer like this. The prayer does not save you. It's what's in your heart that saves you, though. Let's pray. Let's continue in prayer. If you want to commit your life to Jesus, say a prayer like this. Lord Jesus, I recognize I have sinned, and my sin is against you. Jesus, I believe in you, that you lived a sinless life and died on the cross for my sins and rose again. I recognize that trusting in you for salvation makes me a follower of you, a Christian. I'm trusting in you as Lord and Savior. I'm committing my life to you. Jesus, help us all to commit to you and to follow you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.